Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. That's good. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Great verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to to stand. Stand firm then. With the, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to this, uh, take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. And lastly here, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests for all of the Lord's people. What a great verse. What a great few verses. My heading for today is what armor do you have on? What armor do you have on? Let me pray. God, we thank you that you're awesome. God, that you've blessed us so much. I pray you'll speak through me today and you'll just give us an amazing day in your house. Amen. So a bit of background. The book of Ephesians uh, was written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church of Ephesus. Uh, Paul was in prison when he wrote these letters to the believers. The city of Ephesus, for those who don't know, was a large commercial port city in Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey. The church of Ephesus was known as the center, oh, sorry, the, the city of Ephesus was known as the center of pagan worship. As a temple of, uh, the temple goddess uh, Armetes, the goddess of Diana, was there. The city was under Roman control and under the Roman Empire. So when Paul wrote these letters, he was speaking to the times, okay? He was speaking to the times. And these verses he used uh, to describe the armor of the spiritual armor was um, the the Romans' armor at that time, wasn't it? The sword of the spirit. We don't see like police officers walking around with swords, do we? You know, that was what it was then. But if Paul was to write the letter today, like right now, writing this letter today, which picture of armor or or the, the weapons do you think he would have used. I reckon he would have used the SWAT armor. You know the SWAT, like the SWAT, uh, a lot of them in America up there. So he's got the, uh, the, the sort of the sword of the spirit on the side there, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. But seriously, we read these verses and we see a sword, but that was just, that was the most relevant armor back then. But this is the most relevant armor today. So let's have a look at the aspects of the spiritual armor naturally and spiritually today, looking from a modern armor's perspective, like what, what today would look like. So my first point is the SWAT helmet of salvation. The SWAT helmet of salvation, or the helmet of salvation. So what does a helmet protect us in the natural? Well, it protects our head from injury, uh, it protects our brains, which is always good. Uh, in a SWAT situation, it protects from bullets. Uh, from clubs, from bars, from falling objects, from being hit in the head, from something. A helmet is a life-saving device in the natural, isn't it? Uh, motorbike helmets, for me, I ride motorbikes, I've fallen off a few times in the bush and there's some dints and scratches in my helmet that I know if I didn't have a helmet on, I would be in some serious pain. They protect our head. So what about spiritually? 
What's Paul trying to say here? Verse says to put on the helmet of salvation. Like why is telling why is Paul telling us to put on salvation as a helmet to protect our brain or protect our mind? Salvation is an important weapon against the things the enemy tries to throw at us. Salvation is not just a one-time act when we ask Jesus into our life. It's not just a one-time act. God's salvation can be and is an ongoing eternal state that we can live from daily. We can live from daily. It's daily protection uh, and deliverance from the sin nature and the enemy's schemes. Paul's saying here that we need to remind ourselves daily and remind the enemy that we are saved by grace through salvation. Uh, and we're being made more like Jesus every day. Every day. That's why we put on the helmet of salvation. Not just like putting on a helmet on. It's, it's just the, the he gave us a picture of a helmet just so we would put it on as, as protection over our mind. No, I am saved by grace when the enemy, come, when the enemy comes at you. It's just a picture that he used. Uh, what else does a helmet do? Well, it guards our brain, obviously, in the natural. Uh, and our, our brain is obviously where we have our thoughts, isn't it? Uh, and as we know, most of the battles we face are in our mind before we actually face them anywhere else, aren't they? They're always in our mind, our fears, our, our doubts, that self-talk uh, that just happens. And the enemy knows that if he can put fear and doubt into our minds uh, and, and fill us up with guilt and condemnation, we will never take kingdom ground, will we? We will never take ground at all. Paul's saying here, put your guard around your mind. Put a guard around your thoughts. Put your guard with the helmet of salvation. How do we do that? Well, we need to know what, which thoughts are good and bad. I mean, it's pretty easy. The thoughts that are pulling us away from God and, and, and just, you know, pulling us down. Well, they're obviously not from God. God's not saying you're a loser. He didn't create you to call you a loser, did he? That's not from God. That's just from our fallen state, from the enemy. Um, it's, not, it's not from God, is it? It's not at all. But what do we love about the enemy? I love this verse. It's the only thing you can love about the enemy. He is a liar. It's the only thing you can love. John 8, 44. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him at all. When he speaks, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. So when those thoughts are coming at you, you're just like, wait a sec, he's the father of all lies. It has to be a lie because he cannot say anything truthful. It's just a lie. He's the father of all lies. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty cool thing to know. So every time he's trying to pull you down, just laugh at it. He's the father of all lies. He's just trying to take, he, he just you, tries to take our past and, our, and all those things. But we can go, no, I've got the helmet of salvation on which has washed my past away. So he's the father of all lies. All lies. Um, the thing about thoughts is we can take, power over them. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. We have the power over it. We have the power over our thoughts. And as I said before, we need to remind ourselves and to put on God's salvation. It's one of the best ways to overcome. So let's put on the SWAT helmet of salvation, okay? Let's do it. Uh, Joyce Meyer's got a great book on the battlefield of the mind too if you're struggling in that area. A lot of people have read that book. Second point, 
The bulletproof breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. So what does a bulletproof breastplate do in the natural? We've got a picture of that. There it is. Uh, well, it protects our heart and our organs, doesn't it? Our vital organs from getting injured. But what's Paul saying here? What's he saying here? The breastplate of righteousness refers to the righteousness purchased for us by Jesus at the cross. His righteousness protects our heart and our soul from evil and deception. Like, what do you mean? Well, our own righteous acts are no match for Satan's, like, attacks, are they? Like, all my good works. They're not at all. The breastplate of righteousness has Christ's name stamped all over it. Just to see Christ on the front of that. And as we know, crumpled than anything. Paul is saying here, our good deeds and our righteousness isn't sufficient to protect us from the enemy's attacks. We need to wear the breastplate of righteousness. We need to walk in his righteousness and what he purchased for us, to walk in his grace, to walk in his grace. The breastplate of righteousness covers our heart, doesn't it? It covers our heart. And we need to guard our heart and soul. We really need to guard it. They say the heart is where we make our relationship decisions. It's where we make our relationship decisions. And the heart is between the soul and the spirit. So we need to make sure that we're not uh, just giving our heart out to anybody just unnecessarily or, or you know, the whole, the world's uh, dating scene, friends of benefits, all this sort of stuff. It's just hurting so many people and just opening the door up for so much attack in their lives. You know, we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our lives. And it's the, the breastplate of righteousness is one of those ways. I mean, I believe God's in the business of healing hearts. I know stuff happens in life that uh, it just happens to us and we have no idea why and it hurts, but I do believe God can heal. He can heal hearts. But I, I just think Paul's trying to, he's trying to tell us part of our daily life, you know, like let's protect our soul, let's protect our hearts from unnecessary that we open our life up to. And the breastplate of righteousness, walking in his righteousness is one of those ways. Cool. Third point, the utility belt of truth. The utility belt of truth. Looks pretty cool. I like gadgets. I always get in trouble for gadgets. I've got these little like pop sockets on my like tablet so it doesn't fall out. I get paid out. All my little gadgets, all these little gadgets I have. The utility belt of truth. You know, a lot of people think that the belt of truth is not that important. It's like, it's just a belt. Like belts, you know, when you think of a, a warrior, like a belt, it's not really like, you know, it's not, I'm not scared of the belt. What does a military belt do in the natural? Well, it holds on your pants. Um, I'd say that's pretty, pretty important to have your pants held on. Um, but it also carries the firearm, the sword of the spirit or the firearm, and all of the accessories, the ammo, all of that stuff. What about spiritually? It's interesting that the belt of truth is the first piece of the armor of God that Paul tells us to put on. Truth. John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is so important in the life of a believer, in the life of a Christian. Without truth, the rest of the armor is not much use. I mean, in Roman days, the, the, the belt of a Roman soldier um, was not just like a little leather strap. It had, had like a massive, big, thick, heavy, uh, like protection on the front, big metal protection that carried the sword and um, all of that stuff. The belt held the soldier's weapons. 
It did, just like the utility belt we see here. The belt of truth holds the word, or holds the sword of the Spirit, okay? Linking truth and the Word of God together. I'll read that again. The belt of truth holds the sword of the Spirit, linking truth and the Word of God together. It's the, the belt's important. The belt of truth. Truth. Psalm uh, 119, 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I've hidden your truth in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119, 10. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. His, his truth is a light to our path. Truth. And if we build our life on it and on his word, it will protect us from making dumb decisions and it will guide our life. Uh, I just thought something here. As we know, the, the belt keeps our clothes on. And I heard a pastor say once that belt of truth will help you from having a moral fall. I was like, oh, I never thought of that. So like, you know, keeps your pants on. Just, just move away from that one. But seriously, you know, truth helps us walk, doesn't it? It helps, us, helps yeah, keeps our pants on. It helps us walk. So let's put on the belt of truth and walk in his truth and put it in our heart. Put his word in our heart. Like he said, your word have I hidden in your heart that I may not sin against you. When you hide his word in your heart and walk by his truth, it will protect your life. Number four, the swat boots of the feet of peace. The swat boots of the feet of peace. So we've got a picture of this small boot. It does look like um, <clears throat> one of my boots, size six, one of them. Uh, so what does a shoe protect us from in the natural? Well, rocks and sharp objects, obviously, from hurting our feet. Um, shoes bring a good footing and good confidence. You know, if you're climbing, you wouldn't be climbing in some thongs, some flip-flops, would you? Uh, you'd be using boots to give you a sure footing. I remember we climbed Mount Biwa um, a long time ago. I had the total wrong shoes and I got like size 16, so they're just like trying to climb with like a speaker attached to your foot. And I just remember it was terrible. I got halfway up and it was just like, it was not good. It wasn't sure footing at all. Think about it. If a SWAT soldier was to carry out his job in full armor, so he rocks up full armor, but just rocks up barefoot, like it wouldn't be good, would it? It would be weird. Imagine he, he runs in to take down this bindies. Oh, and he's like, and he's like fully like, you know, he's got like $10,000 worth of armor on, but he's got bindies on his feet. It wouldn't go down well. Or walks on some hot concrete. We've all done that in Queensland. What happens? He would have jumped around like a weirdo. He would have just been like, he, he wouldn't have been able to, to use his gun or hold his shield properly, would he? Uh, and the enemy probably would have just kicked him down and just walked past him. And it's the same spiritually. God wants us to walk with confidence, with sure footing, and walk in peace, doesn't he? Peace. You know, when someone's walking in peace, you just, there's that this sense of peace around. They're not just like freaking out. Like the, peace is a conf, it's, it brings confidence to others. And, and I think Paul's saying here we need to walk in peace, not jumping around uh, in pain and unable to, to wield the, you know, the, the sword of the Spirit or hold up the shield of faith. We need to walk in peace. The shoes of the gospel of peace are very important. And God wants us to walk in them, okay? He wants us to walk in them. Number five, the firearm of the Spirit. The firearm of the Spirit. That is the modern-day sword, is it not? That's what, what they use nowadays, don't use swords. Um, 
So what does a firearm do naturally? Well, first of all, it's a weapon, okay? It's the first weapon in the uh, spiritual armor. Uh, a sword or a gun is a sign of power or protection. It can bring peace or it can bring pain. Uh, it's a powerful weapon that needs to be respected. It's a weapon in the right hands uh, to stop violence or it can cause chaos and violence. You know, a police officer with a gun is very different than an eight so that they can be powerful in both ways. So what about spiritually? When we use the Bible, we need to make sure that we are, we're using it right. We'll make sure we're using it right. You know, because the Word of God is powerful, isn't it? And it is a weapon. It is a weapon that helps us overcome. But it can do damage. It can do damage. Uh, I mean, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, or more powerful than any gun, dividing soul uh, and spirit, joints, marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That sounds like a pretty powerful thing to me. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the spirit of God may be uh, thoroughly, sorry, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God gives us power. It gives us power to overcome, like I said before. And that's why I encourage people to read it and learn it. It's not just like any other book. Uh, it renews our mind, doesn't it? Anyone who's ever, you know, like in Transformations program, like you guys have to learn so much scripture. And I know when you first learn that, you're thinking, why have I got to learn so much scripture? But it just renews your mind. Anyone who's been there long enough will know that now. And anyone who's walked with Christ for a while, that the Bible just renews our mind. It's the manual for life. I've said that like every week at youth. It is the manual for life. It really is. Basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E, that's what it stands for. Basic instructions before leaving earth. It's the solid foundation we can live our life off. But God doesn't want us to be reckless with it, okay? Not to be reckless with it. Every time we read Scripture and use it for teaching and encouraging and giving guidance to people, we need to be aware that we're not taking it out of context. Um, we need to be careful that we're not just copying and paste something out of the Bible and building a whole life over one, like this much of the story. Um, we need to understand the background of the book uh, that we are studying. I've written this down here. It's helpful to know who wrote the book, to whom it was, why it was written, and how does this apply to me today. It's important to always read that through that filter. Um, I'll read that again. It's, it's helpful to know uh, who wrote the book, uh, whom it was written to, so at the time, when it was written, all that sort of stuff, why it was written, and how does this apply today. Those few things for me really helped me when I didn't understand some verse of the Bible because we all know there's some Bible verses like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? But if you read in its context in the time and, and really study around it all, you will, you will understand what it's saying or more of it. And you just, boom, that's what it says. And, but we need to just, just bring it into context. That's what I'm saying. It's a powerful weapon, isn't it? That we need to just make sure we know what it's saying. We need to remember the Bible was written by men and what they saw at that time and believed, but it was inspired by God. Okay, so you always sort of just look at that filter. Shane Willard, everyone, most people who know Shane Willard, uh, he does, uh, it's on YouTube, it's called The Bible 
Pastor Shane Willard, Bay City Church, New Zealand. I watched this, oh my goodness, I've listened to it twice now. And it's just, he literally goes through all of the scriptures that you would never want to, like the ones you just avoid when you're talking to a new Christian or something. And he just pulls them apart and, and just makes it so clear as to the, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. So it's called The Bible, Pastor Shane Willard, Bay City Church, New Zealand. So if you want to check that one out, he is awesome. The Word of God is a powerful weapon. Let's learn it and let's live our life based off its truths. The sword of the Spirit. Okay, my sixth point. The SWAT shield of faith. The shield of faith. What a great looking shield. So some practical aspects of a shield. A SWAT shield uh, is a major part of armor in a, in a SWAT soldier's day, like close combat. It's just a major part. Uh, it protects them from flying bullets very often. It's a bulletproof shield. Um, it's a safe place to hide behind in the midst of battle. It's like the, the shield of faith. What about spiritually? What about spiritually? It's not just called a shield, is it? It's called the shield of faith. God wants us to walk, to walk by faith. Walking by faith protects us from the fiery arrows of the enemy. The fiery arrows of the enemy, which all come. They all come at every single person. We all know they do. But as we walk by faith, it's like the shield's up. When we walk by fear, the shield's down. <laughs> it's like it just hits you. When we walk by faith, the shield is up. Um, the opposite to faith is fear. Um, the enemy's fiery darts can unsettle us and stop moving us forward, as I just said, if we fear uh, another thing to think about is that shields aren't, uh, they're for our front, aren't they? You don't see a SWAT shoulder, a SWAT shoulder, a SWAT soldier running from, uh, you know, the battle with the shield. You don't see that. They don't have anything for behind. Like, there's nothing, just shorts. I say that to say that God wants us to take steps of faith and keep fighting forward. The kingdom of God is just, it's just that taking steps. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't say how many steps forward or how far. You might have taken making one millimeter, but even just we just need to keep fighting forward with the shield of faith in front of us, not fighting this way, <laughs> fighting forward. Which is not always comfortable sometimes, but it's, it's where it's at. Um, the Bible clearly says that our warfare is not done in bomb shelters, doesn't it? It's not done in bomb shelters or... Uh, uh, another one, our Christian walk is not a cruise ship, uh, it's a lifeboat, you know, it's, it's on the front, it's on the front. Hebrews 11.6, and without faith, it is imposs impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What a great verse. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that verse. Uh, and strong. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you, never forsake you. They sound very military, don't they? Very, put on the armor, let's fight with faith. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some great verses. Faith uh, is what protects us and keeps moving us forward. With faith, the shield's up. It's just like faith just acts and it helps us moving forward. I'll get the worship team up. 
I'm going to read that verse we started off with. Ephesians 6, 10, 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, uh, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, uh, be alert uh, and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Keep on praying for the Lord's people. You know, we're not fighting this alone. Just giving you a list of all these things we've put on the helmet of salvation. It sounds like a lot of lists, but no, we're not doing this on our own. We're not. Surround your life with the right people. That's one way that you're not doing it on your own. Surround your life with the right people who will speak into your life and build you up. Stay connected to the body of Christ. Isn't this such an amazing thing, the body of Christ, the church family? It's, I love it just to have newborns right up to people that are just about to walk into heaven. Like there's nowhere in the world that has every age group in the one place together getting along reasonably well. <laughs> That's a miracle right there. It really is. Together we can make it. Together. We're not doing, this on, not doing this on our own. I mean, look at a SWAT team. They don't go into a house on their own, do they? They go in uh, all together and they've got their, their spot in the, in, the, you know, in the family, as you'd say. Everyone, someone's here, someone's there, someone's covering this. And they all work together. On their own, they would get taken out. But together, they are so much stronger with the spirit. So we need to put the spiritual armor on, but we need to do it together. That's what the body of Christ is. It's so good. The last part of that verse, as I read it, said, we need to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, uh, be alert and pray for each other. That's what it's saying there. That's the same thing I just said. We need to just, we need to pray for each other. We need to be there for each other. I found in the body of Christ that when someone's having a really bad day, the next person sitting next to them is having a really good day. It's just funny, like, you know, it's never that everyone's having a bad day. I just find that we... We help each other. That's what's so good about the, the body of Christ. Fill your life with prayer, worship, and praise. That's another whole message there. Filling your life with His presence. Filling your life with His praise. You know, we see a few of us jumping around like headless chooks out the front here. We don't feel like that sometimes. We, like, we do it because we're choosing to praise the King of Kings for all He's done, to us, done for us and the power that He gives us to overcome. So put on the armor. Put on the armor of Christ daily. And it's not, like I said, it's not just like walk around, come next week in a SWAT team. <laughs> You're like, well, well, don't actually put the, don't bring the gun to church. Don't do that. But spiritually, we're saying that. It's just a picture that Paul, he needed to give to them back there and that I felt to give today just to, to put it on. Salvation is what you're putting on. On the helm, you know what I mean? The breastplate, it's righteousness. It's truth. It's peace. It's the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. It's the faith. That's what it is. That just pitches to help our mind get it. Why don't we close our eyes? Why don't we close our eyes? Maybe you're here today and you still don't know what's going on or maybe you were 
dragged here by a friend, or maybe you come here every week, I'm here to tell you, God loves you. He intensely loves you. And He has a plan for your life. And He wants to fulfill the hunger that's inside of your life. The Jesus void, I like to call it. There's a hunger that we all have and only Jesus will satisfy. And God loved His Son so much that He sent, well, He loved you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you so you could be free. You could be free from sin. And you say, I'm I'm a pretty good person. I haven't really done anything that bad. But in Romans 3.23, it says that all of us have sinned short of the glory of God. We were all born into sin. Right back at the start of time, the first man, Adam, sinned. And when he sinned, it brought death, destruction, all the bad stuff in this world. Bad stuff does not come from God. It comes from our sin and our fallen world. And sin separates us from God. But God didn't want us to be separated from us. He had a plan. He always has a plan. Romans 5, I love this verse. He says, But God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us to be free. He died for us to be free. It's so good. The Bible also says, If we confess with our mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord and that He was raised from the dead, we will be saved. We will be saved. We have to open your life up to Him. That's the first step. It's that faith step saying, God, I open my life up to you. And He's saying, let me into your life. Let me into your life 100%. If you don't know Jesus today, but you know you need to open your life up to Him, you just feel like He's just, He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's just knocking on your life. Why don't you raise your hand? If that's you today and you don't know, I don't know this Jesus, but there's something different in this place. There's a sense of love. There's a sense of uh, acceptance. And yeah, a love that I've never felt before. A love that you'll never find in, a, in parties or relationships. It's, it's a different love. It's a pure love. And if you felt that for the first time today and you don't know Jesus, I encourage you, ask Him into your life. Is anybody here today where you just, you need Jesus for the first time? You've never done this. Or maybe you're here today and you've maybe asked Jesus into your heart before and you're kind of just in and out of the the motions and you haven't really been putting up faith and you've just been getting knocked around everywhere by the enemy's attacks and you need to come back to surrender your life to Him. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand? You just go, yep, I need to come back to God. I need to come back. I need to make a surrender to Him. Anybody here in this place today? Yeah, awesome. I know there's people here. God's just, He's staring. He loves you so much. He really does. And I just want to encourage you just to keep fighting. Keep fighting the good fight. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.